Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other tasks that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too, on demand, so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. All right, Matt, the age of Tremaine Edmonds, you're right. They signed him to a four-year deal. He's not even 30 when it runs out. I think even five-year when you do the math. But that actually can help the Bills here. We know that they love him because they drafted him, they developed him, they want to draft, develop, retain. Sean McDermott talked about how great of a season he had. They also have a salary cap issue. We know that. And as far as what I mean issue, it's they're tight against it. Because of his age, they can offer a five-year deal and spread that money out and not take on a huge cap hit. To me, that's the path to keeping Tremaine Edmonds and why I think it's still, to me, a a very good, solid shot he remains in Buffalo. Do you think that that's an interesting way of looking at it? But always, when you start to kick the can, the money down the road, eventually you're going to have to pay for it. And I think with this window of this team and Josh Allen and his contract, they're going to have to be creative. So even if you can spread out that money over a five-year span, I don't think the bills are ever going to be in another position where they have all of the money in the world. Like they did a couple of years ago, those days are long gone. So now it's about how do you keep your elite elite players And make sure that that window, you know, that core group stays together. And I think that Tremaine Edmonds is a very good player. I think that he should be on this team if the contract is reasonable. But the thing that I keep always going back to is I don't know if you told me right now to list the Bills top five players, if Tremaine Edmonds would be one of the five. And at that point, I wonder, do you have to just walk away? Do you have to take the sacrifice now, figure out a replacement and know that it's going to sting because there's going to be a drop-off in production, but you save a significant amount of money, right? I mean, Josh Allen is number one. Stefan Diggs is number two. And then after that, it's all really subjective. You could say Matt Milano. You could say one of the safeties. You could say Trey White. You know, there's a lot of different ways you could go. Edmonds is right there in the conversation, but I don't think he's a slam dunk that he's in, you know, in that top five. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. Um, a guy that is, I think, this past year, of course, in that conversation is Jordan Poyer. Going forward, that's another big loss. Have you thought about it all what the safety position looks like on opening day next year and how drastically different it could be? Um, because we don't we don't know for sure that Micah Hyde, even though he says he's fully cleared and we, you know, you got to trust like the medical and all that, it's still an injury to a guy that was a neck and he's 33 years old and Jordan Poyer could be walking out the door and then Demar Hamlin in his situation. I don't know if he'll ever play football again, and that shouldn't be on everybody's you know front forward thinking on their mind. What does a safety position even look like 
with where they are right now currently with Jordan Poyer's situation? I think it's Micah Hyde, and it's somebody who is not currently on the roster. I think those are going to be your starting safeties next year just because there is so much unknown with the guys that you do have. I've always felt like Micah Hyde is either going to play for the Buffalo Bills or he's going to retire. And that's just kind of my opinion on it. That's not something he's told me. That's not something that's been reported. I just think that this guy is going to play the last year of his contract. And if he wants to keep playing football, I'll probably stick around for a couple more years. I I almost treat Micah Hyde like I treat Mitch Morris. Like, I don't think Mitch Morris is going to sign with another team. I think Mitch Morris plays for the Buffalo Bills. And once it's time for him to retire and he wants to, then he's going to go retire. I never felt that way about Jordan Poyer. And that's why I think Jordan Poyer has been so instrumental for this team, but he wants to go get a big payday and there's going to be a team that's going to give him that contract. So I think it's going to be Micah Hyde. And then I think it's going to be somebody that they draft or somebody that they think is a value free agent who they think they can plug and play. I mean, getting Micah Hyde back, even though it's coming off of a pretty you know, significant injury is going to do wonders for this team. They missed Micah Hyde so badly down the stretch. Now you're going to miss Jordan Poyer, but I think that level of play is going to be pretty similar because they basically played the entire season. I mean, besides a game and a half without Micah Hyde, you say that very confidently. You're not going to have Jordan Poyer. Are you that confident? There's no way he can come back to Buffalo or he will. I don't think so. I I mean, give it a 25% chance, but that's that's higher than I thought you might give it it though. I'll tell you that. But the way he's kind of t- like he went to the Super Bowl and he did all of the media row, the radio row stuff, and yeah. he was interviewed by a bunch of different people. And it's a leverage thing. Like, you're not going to say, oh, yeah, like, I want to. I mean, maybe you would, but I, I never really anticipated that he would say, like, I very much want to play for the Buffalo Bills next year. I mean, it felt like his comments were almost always, I enjoyed my time in Buffalo. I'm really proud of what we accomplished. I'm not closing the door, but you know, I want to see what's out there. I I believe he told Tim Graham from the athletic that he is going to test the market and hit free agency. So usually when you say things like that, you've probably kind of made up your mind as well. Okay. That's right. And that's all fair. I think he's saying that now because he has realized the team has basically put him in that position. I, if you ask Jordan Poyer that, Back in training camp, I think the answer would have been, I want to do whatever I can to stay in Buffalo. He tried to do that. They wanted to do that. Drew Rosenhaus yeah. came to training camp. Mm-hmm. I've spoken with Jordan. I know that they they wanted to stay in Buffalo, get a deal done. Yes. It never worked out. I think now because of the way the organization has kind of gone about it is now, hey, that's where they are. So guess what? Now I have to change my mindset and say, great, thank you very much, but I need to treat this as a business now and see what else is out there. I'll say this. I think if you've got two similar contracts, Jordan Poyer is staying with the Bills. But I don't think they're going to be able to get to the ballpark of what he's going to get on the open market. Like, let's see, is there, do you know what his market value is? You mean two similar contracts as far as what they want and the team wants? No, I'm saying like, let's say Jordan Poyer gets a $15 million contract offer from insert team. team. Okay, so his market value is $11 million. I think that's low. That's from Track. If... Team A gives him 
a $12 million offer and the bills give him a $10 million offer. I think he stays in Buffalo, but if the bills give him a $10 million offer and insert team name here, gives him 14 or 15 for four yeah, or five years. That's way. Then I, then I think he's gone. You know what I mean? Like over one year, you're like, Oh, it's kind of close. But then over the course of a contract, you're talking about 15, $20 million. So I just think that from what he said, I think he wanted to stay in Buffalo, but then it became clear that they might just not be able to make the money work. Yeah. And I know that like, he wasn't the guy he did originally he filled in, but Jaquan Johnson is also a free agent, by the way. Um, That's another guy that they might wind up losing here. Dane Jackson, defensive back, a restricted free agent, Cam Lewis, a restricted free agent. Um, There are guys on this team that this might be an overhaul at the secondary spot, which brings us to a guy like Christian Benford, who we heard, he could possibly be. The you guy. read my mind. That's why I was raising my yeah. hands here. You can't see this on the podcast, but I was raising <laughs> my hand going Christian Benford. I feel like right. is a possibility. They really liked Christian Benford a lot. And then before the injury, he was, he earned his way onto the field. So I don't know. I, I don't want to say that it's the, the, the betting favorite thing to happen, but there is a chance we could see the secondary next year as Elam Benford Hyde white which I think you would probably be somewhat comfortable with. And then of course they'll draft people. They always draft people at that position, right? I, I don't think they'll draft them early that early, but who knows? I mean, this is what's happened uh, the last few years. I, when you talk about contracts and looking down the road, one of the things that I've kind of looked at a little bit is who's up after next year, one more year, because those become extension candidates to spread money out yes. or to give you some cost certainty. That's what they did with, Reggie Gilliam, that's what they did with Dawson Knox. Gilliam might actually have two years left, but that's what they've done. They've done that with Mitch Morris before, guys like that. The 2024, meaning a year from now, free agents for the Bills, not overwhelming, like not guys that you look at and go, oh, you know what? Like, um, or, or look at and say, oh my God, they have all these guys. But there are some interesting names. AJ Epinesa is one of them. Mm. Ed Oliver is the biggest one, I think. And then there's Gabe Davis. Out of that group, I wouldn't be surprised. I know that I know that this is not going to go over well with a lot of Bills fans the way his season went. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they extend Gabe Davis to give some cost certainty. I don't think they'll necessarily do with AJ Epinesa. Ed Oliver's a tough one. I don't see that happening. But if they want to lower that $10 million 50-year option, that would be a scenario that they would do something like that with. We all know I'm a Gabe guy. Like I have been the conductor of the Gabe Davis hype train for a long time. I think he would say that he wasn't as you know ecstatic about the year that he had. And I think Bills fans probably feel the same way. You know what Gabe Davis market value is right now on spot track? Probably about 15 a year. That's 12 and a half a year. It's but a lot of money. It is. But Matt, look at receivers. They're all like that now. It's so expensive to get receivers now. And I know you could say, well, just draft one. There's no guarantee. No one knew Justin Jefferson would be as great as he's going to be, right? No. Like no one knew T Higgins. Uh, yeah. We can all say, yeah, I like that guy. I like this guy. I'm just telling you, I, I think that, you know, because of the cost of receivers, you're going to have to bite the bullet here at some point to basically say, I have to do this. I agree, but we've, I've said, I think the bills, if it's not their biggest need, it's their second biggest need is going out and finding a wide receiver. And if that's a big priority for them and they view that as a, as a two a, let's say that Gabe Davis and this other player are two a and they're two B. Maybe there's not a clear defined role of who's two and who's three. That's a lot of money to give somebody who is a 
secondary option, whether he's the third option or the second option. And also, we haven't done a podcast since the Adam Henry like contract. Do you think that Odell is a thing? Or do you think it's just, you know... I think the Bills might still be interested in Odell Beckham Jr. I do not think they hired Adam Henry to recruit or sign Odell Beckham Jr. I think they hired a guy who they think is best for the job. In today's world, these coaches work with a lot of people over a lot of different stints. He's been with like four or five different teams and colleges. Mm-hmm. Odell Beckham's went been with three or four different teams. It's just happened that they've intersected. And would it help if they wanted to? Yes. I don't think that's the reason they hired him, though, if that makes sense. I agree with you. I think that it's interesting. I think it's like the, you know, Brian Windhorst meme from ESPN of like, huh, it's interesting. I I do think that they're going to be in the market for a wide receiver this offseason. I don't know if that's going to be somebody who is another option. If you go into this year and your plan is to have Gabe Davis be your wide receiver too, and you believe in him long-term, then I think he is an extension candidate because I think you're going to feel comfortable. I think what we saw this year, like, Gabe Davis, even though there were some issues with drops this year, is still a good player. He's still a productive player. He had a lot of touchdowns this year for where they drafted him. That was a conversation a couple weeks ago. People were like, who's Brandon Bean's best draft pick? I was surprised that not more people were talking about Gabe Davis just from a strictly value standpoint. I mean, he was a fourth-round pick, and he's produced for you a lot since you drafted him. So it kind of depends on what your plan is. If your plan is to draft a wide receiver in the first or second round to eventually be that number two to Stefan Diggs, then I don't know if it makes a ton of sense to sign Gabe Davis to a long-term deal. If you're going to get another option, like another piece, then I think you could start to have that conversation with Gabe and his people. Another player from that draft class whose contract is up at the end of next year, a good draft pick, Tyler Bass. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, they'll, I mean, they'll get a they'll get a deal yeah, done. With it Tyler shouldn't Bass. really be a big deal, but you know, I mean, it is something to to note and uh, worth monitoring at least. All right, I got a couple. Let's talk about one more thing on the offense, and then I got a couple of fun things that we can touch on today. 